So, we are continuing the series, which is called Alone in the Dark, in which we're just calling, talking about kind of uh, scary-ish stories from the Bible. Uh, things like the real ghost that appeared of Samuel back when Saul, King Saul, really wanted to get everybody to back him up. He just wanted yes-men around him, so he goes to call a ghost. But the ghost, which is Samuel, a prophet of God, said, dude, you need to get right. You're going to lose a lot right now, uh, and really shut him down. We talked last week about Jesus' exorcism of Legion, which is a major thing, and how everybody had these expectations of what would happen. Uh, they didn't expect it to go the way that it went, because Legion knew his name, and he knew all of this stuff, and Jesus wasn't doing things the quote-unquote traditional way. And, and so they actually tried to write, drive Jesus out of town after that, but Jesus won, obviously, he took care of things. Uh, and this week, we are talking about zombies. And so Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. Uh, the Lord took hold of me, and this is Ezekiel talking, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that, which is a way of saying, I don't know, please don't ask me hard questions. Uh, then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord said. Uh, Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So Ezekiel is basically taken to this giant boneyard with bones everywhere. Dead people from, from wars, from just running and dying in the desert, from all of these different eras and times and everything. And it's just a bunch of dead skeletons and bones and separate bones and everything. And they've, all, they've been there so long that they've dried out. And God's like, hey, do you think these can come back to life? And he's testing his faith he, because Israel at this point uh, has again turned from God, and they're messing up, and they don't know what they're doing, and they're uh, all confused, and they're turning to other things, and they're so into their own thing that they don't care about what God is calling them to do. And Ezekiel is kind of in charge of that. He's not the king or anything, but he's a prophet, and he's supposed to be telling them the right way. He's supposed to be preaching to them, and he's losing faith, and he's losing hope. And so God is like, hey, can this happen? And so if you're Ezekiel in this uh, situation first, You've been taken to this pretty terrifying place with bones everywhere. It's probably kind of dark. Uh, there are is probably like eerie music playing, and there's all kinds of weird things going on. There are bats flying, and there's bones everywhere. And so he's probably like, uh, I hope they don't come back to life. Like, this is crazy. And God's like, I want you to do this. So not only is he about to do something big, but he's going to make Ezekiel have a part in it. And so you can imagine if you get taken to a cemetery, and God's like, hey, do you have faith in me? And you're like, well, uh, yeah, of course. And he's like, do you think that I can bring these bodies back? Now, most of us, I think, would probably say, yeah, we'd also be kind of freaked out that we're hearing God talk and all of this. But at the same time, in our heads, we don't really think that's something that's going to happen. And if it did, we'd pretty much freak out. And so uh, we go to the next part here. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke there, spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the, the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves to, as complete skeletons. Then, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. 
So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. So basically you can follow kind of the terrifyingness of this for Ezekiel. So first he's like, hey, say that they're going to come back to life. And so he says it. And so the skeletons start to like connect and go together uh, like magic Legos or something. And so they go all together and they start to stand up. And it's just these skeletons. It's like going through a haunted house. And, and it's like, is this real? Is this fake? What's happening? And they start to go together. And you can picture it maybe like uh, stop motion animation looking stuff. And it's kind of freaky and it's crazy. And... Uh, he's watching, and so they stand there just as bones. And that's kind of like, ah, that's kind of scary. This is weird, but I see it, and I've seen skeletons before, so it's not that crazy. And then they start to grow, uh, like, their muscles and nerves and everything. And so that's probably worse than when they just actually are skeletons. And so it's like, uh, this is crazy. This is insane. How is this happening? And he's just watching. And then they uh, just stand there as people, basically, back from the dead, zombies, so to speak. And he's like, they don't have breath. Give them breath. And so he tells him what to say. And then all of a sudden, it's this army alive. So he goes from being in this situation where he doesn't know what's happening, and he knows that God's kind of upset with him because of how things have been going, and he's not been really doing what he's supposed to do, and he's not really been leading them in the right way, or at least he's kind of lost hope. He knows that Israel's going in the wrong way. He knows everything's kind of falling down around him, and he knows that God wants his attention. And he knows all of this, and he knows God can do everything because he knows all the stories, and he's heard all of the Israel uh, scripture and everything. And he sees these bones, and then he sees them come back to life. And he knows this is not great, because what is he going to do? What if he has the bones attack Israel? What if he has them attack me? What if he kills me? What if all of this? And so all of these things are going in his mind. He knows that God is love, and he knows that God uh, has a plan for him, and he knows all of this, but he's a person. Ezekiel is a person. So he feels all of this. In our lives, sometimes we have our own plans, and we have kind of what we know our plans should be. Uh, maybe we feel a calling, or we feel that we have a gift, or we feel uh, that there's this right way we should go, or this right thing we should do, or this right path we should take, or whether it's career, or life, or relationship, or whatever it is, and we know, okay, this is what I should be doing, this is what I should be going, but then an easier or more lucrative path uh, pops up, and it's like, ah, that looks more fun, short term, or, or I can make more money, or and then I can go back, or whatever, and we start to go that way, and we start to ignore God, and we start to, to think, I know more than him. And we don't actually think that, but we think, I don't really need to check in on him. He'll just take care of me and I'll do whatever I want. And then I'll come back to him when I need to. And we think that, and we think if he really wants me, he'll get my attention. Like he'll get a hold of me. Well, this is what he can do to get our attention. And so Ezekiel kind of did that. Uh, it's not that he didn't try and it's not that he wasn't preaching and it's not that he didn't care, but he just kind of started going day to day and he started doing the same thing and he stopped really caring. I've used this story before about the apples and oranges like uh cooper wakes up and god's like hey uh have an apple for breakfast and so cooper's obviously going to have an apple because god's talking to him and it's crazy and it's freaky and so he eats the apple and then tuesday same thing god's like hey have an apple cooper has an apple wednesday same thing god says cooper have an apple cooper has an apple well thursday cooper hasn't heard him yet so he goes ahead and have the apple but god's like hey i wanted you to have an orange but cooper kind of had started to build this pattern and we do that all of the time with our life uh, and I'm not saying you have to check in on God, like, should I brush my teeth now? Should I brush them later? Should I go work out now? Should I do this? Should I eat this for dinner? But in terms of checking in of as getting closer to him, trusting him, uh, talking to him about everything you're feeling, dealing with, uh, and the more we put that off, the harder it is to find him when it comes time. And so Ezekiel, again, had kind of 
not quite lost touch, but he was well on that way. And so God wanted to get his attention. And sometimes it happens in huge ways like this. And, and this is a terrifying way that there's no way Ezekiel uh, could ignore it. And there's no way Israel could ignore it. And so here we have God's response. Um, then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. So basically Israel was at a time of exile. And it's not, it's again, it's not that they don't trust him because they knew about the desert and they knew about the slavery and they knew about their history and how he'd always been there. But they always would go through these times and just like we do of, okay, God is here. He just freed us from slavery. This is awesome. It's getting kind of hot and I'm kind of hungry. This sucks. Where's God? And then the, he'd give them food and then they're like, ah, this is awesome. God provides for us and he gives us everything we can have. And, and then it's like, ah, but this is the same thing every day. This is kind of sucky and boring. And then they start uh, whining about the desert and everything. And then Moses is like, I'm going to go talk to God. And they're like, okay, see you in a little bit. And then he's gone for 40 days instead of 40 minutes. And, and they lose track because TikTok messes with your attention span. And back then it, it was even worse. And, and so uh, they just lose track of him. And then it's like, oh, he's been gone for so long. And they're checking their watches they're like, let's just go worship a golden calf. And so they start doing that. And then Moses comes back down and he's like, God is angry at you. And this went over and over and over again. And we look at things like that and we hear things like that. And it's like, how in the world could Israel do that? But in our own lives, we look at the things that we have. Everyone in this room is fairly lucky in that we were born here at this time when uh, we are all fairly comfortable in life. We all have... Uh, pretty good lives, everybody's able to go to school, everybody's able to have a job, everybody's able to have clothes, all of these things. That's not true all the way around the world. It's not even true everywhere in America. Um, but we have that. That's not to say that, that luck is the only reason. It's not to say that your parents don't work or you don't work. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we, are, we have benefited from where we are and how we are and all of that. And so we live with that, and that's cool, and we do things. And then over time, we start to think, man, you know what? Uh, I don't really think about God that much anymore. So we'll pray to him and we'll be like, I need to go to church. I need to check in. And then we'll kind of lose touch and we'll go do our own thing. And it's so easy to do, whether you're a teen, an adult, even a kid, because there's so many things going on. Uh, there's school, there's vacation, there's work, there's uh, sports, there's life, there's all of this stuff. There's, there's girls, there's everything going on. Uh, there's Legos, there's tacos, there's soccer, there's Costco cake. There's everything in the world that is calling for our attention. And we think, okay, but I'm still a Christian. I'm still okay, and that may be true. But we stop checking in every day. We stop talking to him every day. And we stop thinking, what is the right way to do? What is the right thing to do? And we start thinking, what is my way? What should I do? And so that's what Israel had done. They'd been uh, down for so long and exiled, and they're like, it's never going to be this again. We're never going to, to be here. God must have forgotten us. Meanwhile, God's like, I'm going to be there. And so he could have done this in a million different ways. He could have just stepped down and said, Israel, wake up. He could have just sent a, a note. He could have sent a letter. He could have sent Ezekiel and said, hey, go tell them and all of that. But instead, he sends a dead zombie army to Ezekiel to say, 
get right and understand that if I can do this, I can absolutely bring Israel back. If I can bring these bones back to the dead, from the dead, I can absolutely bring Israel back to their, their own home. So you have to trust me. You have to look at me. Uh, I can tell you from experience that not only when things are good can you kind of turn, but when things are bad. Now we think, oh, I'm going to rely on him more. But we start to lose hope and we start to lose faith and we start to think, I'm never going to get that job. I'm never going to get that relationship. I'm never going to, to get that, that happiness. And we think that. And then we just start doing things to fill the time. We start doing things to, to fill the moment. And we never quite get it. Because, and it's not that we really don't trust God and it's not that we really don't think that things work out. But subconsciously, it's like, this is how it's always going to be. And it sucks. And life sucks. And, and everything is hard. And some of that is true. But it's also true that God can make zombies exist and he can make ghosts exist and he can make demons go away and go into pigs and all of this stuff. And we may not see that in the same way anymore, but it's still that same God that loves us and cares for us. And it doesn't mean your life's going to be happy every step of the way. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get everything that you want, but it does mean that if you keep trusting him, you'll be okay. If you keep looking at him, uh, you'll find the right way, the right path. He'll get your attention and he will help you. We just have to trust him. And then more than that, we have to show everybody else what it means to love him, what it means to have that love. And we love them. We help them. We show them. We pray for them. We do all of these things that we can. And then we live with that assurance as best we can. And when we do mess up, when we are depressed, when we are sad, when we are overconfident, whatever it is, we check ourselves and we have people in our lives that'll check us. And it's like, okay, how can I get right without seeing a bunch of zombies all around me? Like, how can I get back to him? And then we just do our best because ultimately what it comes down to, all you can do is your best. You are not going to be perfect. You are not going to do everything right, but you, you can do your best. So trust him, follow him and do your best to be like him. And that's all I got.